0: This is the AZ Brandcast, where we explore Arizona's brand and the brands that make Arizona. I'm Mike Jones. All right, everybody, it's another episode of AZ Brandcast. wanna thank you all for listening in today. And this is the show where we talk about all sorts of awesome people and the power of brand and how to build great brands in our remarkable state of Arizona. I'm your host today, Mike Jones. We've got my co-host standing in for Chris Stadler. We've got Sam Pagel. Hey, Sam. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. And our wonderful, amazing guest, Laura Briscoe. I I hope I got your last name right.
1: You got it perfect. Yes!
0: I forgot to ask before the show. Laura is uh, amongst many things. She is founder, owner, and chief granola officer. Had to make sure I got that right. Of Laura's Gourmet Granola which is a fantastic granola band right here in Arizona, based here, uh, putting together some amazing products. I can attest to that because my children would not stop eating her granola when I got some. Uh, They love it. They absolutely love it. In fact, they loved it so much I didn't get a chance to even try it. So I'm going to have to remedy that and go get another bag.
1: That was my granola gasp.
0: (laughs) I know. Yes, I love it. Um, So Laura, tell us a little bit about Laura's Gourmet Granola, how you got started. Tell us a little bit about the story.
1: So, Laura's Gourmet Granola is what I've always referred to as a happy accident. I did not have an intention of starting a granola brand or product or anything. Uh, I had recently finished culinary school uh, when I changed careers from my tech life. And I had obviously, in culinary school, been trained to do things like when you do a recipe and you're changing things up, document it. And one day, I found a recipe in a magazine for granola, and the ingredients looked good, and I thought, okay, let me give this a try, but, and I made it one time, and I thought, okay, this tasted good enough, but it had butter in it, and I don't eat a lot. I don't really eat any butter. It doesn't do well for me. Uh, I had some other things, like white sugar and stuff, and I thought, mm, okay, well, maybe I'll change this around. I don't know why.
0: <laughs> but you did. But I
1: did, and every time I changed something I wrote it down and I yeah. changed. I liked the technique that was used. So that was the only part of the recipe that actually stuck. And so over the course of about 4 or 5 months I literally redid this recipe over and over and and with different oils, different sugars, mm-hmm. different spices, you name it. And if you're familiar with baking and you've baked yourself, you know that when you bake a batch of cookies or you make cupcakes, you have more than you really want to consume for yourself. So you give it away, you give it to your neighbors, you give it to your friends, Um, depending on how it didn't come out well, you give it to your enemies. And so (laughs) in my case, I was doing that and I would take it to uh, my personal trainer and I'd say, here, have some granola or to my friends across the street. Here, I made extra. Or as I shared earlier, you know, it, my daughters were in sports and, you know, and they were the peewee type sports <laughs> and I would bring it for their halftime and they were all excited to have something different. And then one day as my best friend was handing me my uh, daughter's brownie badge, uh, now sewn onto her vest because I don't sew, uh, she uh, she said to me, you know, you really should think about selling this. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, hmm, okay. I have some bandwidth because like I said, I had finished culinary school and when I finished school, I, my externship was actually starting my first business, which was called Celebrated Cuisine, that I did fine, uh, fine dining uh, in private venues and I did culinary instruction. Mm. And I wasn't that busy because I had just finished culinary <laughs> school and who's going to bet, you know, bet their dinner party on that. So I uh, decided to figure out how to sell a product in Arizona. And one of my purveyors, uh, he was my fish guy, he sold me all my fish, Uh, his name was John, he said, well, here's how you sell to AJ's if you wanna go after AJ's. And in my world, I was thinking, okay, go big or go home. So I just walked the aisles of AJ's, I looked at the shelves, I looked at the um, products that were on the shelves, how they were packaged, how they were labeled, ended up talking to a few of the AJ's guys, you know, got some input, uh, and didn't really think twice about what was really going to happen at that point except that i thought okay well i need a bag and then i'm going to need a label so i um i remember i called um paper mart which is a company in california to buy a bag because so i saw a craft tin tie bag i had a big window i really liked it so i called and I said can i get a sample and they said oh no no we don't send samples you need to buy <laughs> the quantity i go that's 100 bags <laughs> And she said, oh, honey, it's okay. If you don't like them, you can return what you don't use. And I said, okay. And I bought my first hundred bags, which obviously has become tens of thousands. So anyway, so I get the bag and then I did what every, you know, self-made or self-home, whatever. I got out my, uh, my printer. It, which was yep. inkjet, and I went to Office Max and I bought some clear Avery print print labels, and I started making up a label. No barcodes, no nutrition, just you know the name of the what it was. And vanilla almond, which was our first flavor, was actually called vanilla cinnamon back mm-hmm. in the day. Anyway, um, so this person, John, had told me how to go after AJs. He had said you need to get every store to agree to or get the category manager or the grocery buyer to want to bring you in. And then you get that agreement by bringing them samples. And then you go to the corporate office. So I did that. I look like Red Riding Hood, basically, (laughs) in my chef gear, going store to store. And I I met these people. They were super nice, you know, and they were very, very accepting. But they said you need to get corporate to say, yay. So I was sending letters and samples to corporate. I was getting no response at all not a, not as not a bite as they would say in the culinary world. And I was getting really frustrated, but it also wasn't going to be my bread and butter. I was being Chef Laura. So, uh, one day I was on my way to do a, a cooking class up in Paradise Valley and I had needed to get one last ingredient to bring with me and I walked into what was then an Abco on 44th and Camelback. And as I was checking out, there I asked the cashier, I noticed a group of men, all men in Suits and ties, and you just don't see that in Arizona. I don't care, unless you are working on Central back (laughs) in, you know, this was what two thousand four. So I said, "What's going on over here?" And she said, "Oh, AJ's has just bought this Abco, and they're they're looking at the store, walking it to see how they're going to make all the transitions." I am like, "Oh, okay, cool." Well, one of the AJ's participants was actually Eddie Basha, (laughs) and I saw him, and of course, everyone he's an icon, right? And I saw him, and I am like, "Oh, cool." Well, he was with his pack, so I didn't bother. Uh, So uh, my sous chef and I left the store, and he had apparently gone outside, and I didn't know because it wasn't like I was stalking him. And he was, it was raining, so he was standing under a little uh, covering, whatever, and he was on his cell phone. Hmm. And as I walked past, remember this is 2004, I heard the phone close. (laughs) <laughs> and so I knew he was done talking. So I turned around, and I don't know what possessed me, but I just stopped, turned around, and I went up to him, and I said, hi. And he looks at me, he's like, hi. And I looked fairly safe. And I, I told him my name and what I was trying to do and that I had been reaching out to AJ's corporate and I was trying to get my product in the stores. And he looked at me, and for the first time in my life, I heard the, this expression. He's like, oh, he goes, well, we support local. Hmm. And I will absolutely... Put in a word on your behalf. Mm. I will let them know that you put the screws to me. (laughs) That is a quote. And I looked at him and I said, Well, when you were first starting, didn't you put the screws to people? And he said, Absolutely. Well, I gave him my business card. And exactly 10 days later, I received a phone call from a gentleman, Steve LaFever, who is the category manager to this day for AJ's, Mm. letting me know. And it was actually May of 2004 that they were going to put us on the shelf. And that it would be a store decision. So it didn't have to be all stores, but it would be every store store could decide. uh, And it would be effective on July 15th. Hmm. So this July 15th will mark our 17-year anniversary with AJ's as our retail partner. Awesome. And the thing I love most, especially about this particular retailer, is because I was the one doing the store deliveries in the beginning and you know talking to and the store managers as they moved from store to store we eventually would get more more stores um i got to know these people really well i got to know steve LaFever really well i got to know um jason mead who's one of their senior vps now for all of the bashes banners and everything really well and i am so comfortable it's so great even to this because AJ's is such a great retailer that People don't leave; they work there for life. And so, even today, if I walk into one of the stores and I see, it's like, "Hey, you know, so and so," and and they're like, "Oh, you know." You know. And if they don't remember my name, I'll say, "It's Granola Girl." Oh, yeah, how are you? <laughs> and they've treated us extraordinarily well. Mm-hmm. But um, but that was such an experience, and that was fine. I was good. I'm I'm in I'm on the shelf. I'm Chef Laura. I'm building my catering business. I'm yeah. building my private fine dining business, and then I. Agreed to do a, uh, a cooking class for the Alumni Association for University of Pennsylvania, which is where I went to school. And one of the people who received the invitation works for Whole Foods. Mm. He's a store director. <laughs> and he, so he had done, he read my bio right away. He's like, who's teaching this cooking class? Because he's a <laughs> yeah. chef. And he and I lived parallel lives. He went to Penn, obviously, because mm. of the alumni thing. I went to Penn. He went to Scottsdale Culinary. I had gone to Scottsdale Culinary, so and he was actually the store director in the Whole Foods, one mile from my facility. And so he called me up and he said, "Hey, we are always interested in bringing on local. We'd like to talk to you." I'm like, "Okay." And Red Riding Hood came out again, and right. I filled up my basket of goodies, and I went over to his um, to the store and sat down. Uh, so his name is Michael Hardy, and so I showed him our brand. He tried. He's like, "Oh, this is really good. We'll bring you in for the local program." I'm like, "Great." And that's how we started with Whole Foods in Arizona. Mm. And now he's the store director at the beautiful Camelback store at at Highland and 20th. And we're still friends and, you know, just great support. Right. And uh, so and then that happened. And then it was just like and then this happened. Like we get a phone call one day. Like actually it was an email. No, it was a phone call from the corporate chef for Fox Restaurant Concepts.
2: Mm.
1: And this one actually to this day makes me laugh. So Chris Cristiano is his name. He calls me up and he says, uh, hey, um, at first I'm like, oh my god, they want me to be a chef at Fox Restaurants. <laughs> I am beyond excited, right? And then he's like, I want to talk to you about your granola. I'm like, wah, wah. <laughs> and I'm like, what is wrong with you? But it was it was my little, you know, it was yeah. the the child I didn't know I was going to have. So yep. anyway, he said we have been we're opening a new concept. We've been looking everywhere for a granola. I've gone through all the stores, and yours is by far the best. We'd like to buy it for food service. Hmm. And I said, what's that? And he said, "It's not in the package. It's just in a big box, and then we use it on the menu." I'm like, oh, "Okay." So we described the concept. It was up at Kierland and we made an agreement on the price. And it, it I, I think back now, like all the how the FDA would feel about this. But I would fill up a <laughs> what's called a Lexan, a clear container uh-huh. with a lid on it that we use. I would fill one up with ten pounds, and I would head down to. Uh, to the restaurant oh. and they'd go, I do go in the back door. It was so exciting. <laughs> right. And I would dump my Lexan of goods into their Lexan, you know, and then they would hand me a check and I would be gone. <laughs> and that's how we started our food service, which has since become more than half of our business. Mm. And, you know, it just, it, it, it just, what I've, I think the, uh, the thing that I've, I've loved the most about Laura's gourmet granola and it's, it's initial, uh, emergence into the market is that it was so organic Mm -hmm. it was oh have you thought about this and then it became uh you know hey would you come in and talk to us or hey we just tried this you know and so it wasn't like a push it was a pull yeah and it was also a great lesson in paying attention to what the universe is talking about, right? So, cause when you're listening, then you find the opportunity, but yeah. if you're just oblivious, you won't. Yeah. So th- that's kind of the way it started. Um, the, uh, one, of the, uh, one of the significant things for me over the last 17 years was in 2018, I think it was, we changed our packaging. Uh, we went from this craft tie bag that we had bought a hundred of, you know, which became more and moved to a custom bag. And when I did that, I felt like our product had grown up. Mm. Like we deserved the slot on the specialty yeah. shelf. Like we earned it because the other one was fine. That one said, this is a, a house made product, even though it was never made in a house professionally. But the, what we have now felt like we earned, yeah. you know, adult status <laughs> on the shelf. Because when I look back at our original packaging now, um, on one hand, I'm like, oh my God, it's like when, you know, I have, I have two daughters, they're grown and I look back at their baby pictures and I still think they're beautiful, but they're the baby pictures, especially when they're first born, yeah.
2: not as beautiful yeah. as you remember.
1: <laughs> and I look, and I look at the, I'm like, how did people buy this? <laughs> I am so grateful that they did, but how in the world did they say, oh, this looks good when yeah. it looked like, you know, I had pasted it together in my house. <laughs>
0: There's probably a lesson in there around uh, something about people's appeal of something that feels homemade and crafted, and sometimes, I don't know. We've I've had this conversation with a couple other people I know who own businesses that are kind of similar, like homemade, crafted, originally. Mm-hmm. Um, that there's an appeal that people have to that, and uh, you know, that's kind of one of those brand decisions. It's really it's hard. Like when when do you grow up Right. in essence, you know, and make sure you're not losing that. I think you, you've done a good job kind of keeping some of that, that same kind of, um, I don't know if homemade's right. I mean, yeah, a little bit of that homemade or just artisan. artisan. That's the word That's we like to use. Word. Yeah. Yes. So
1: it is an artisan crafted product uh, that is a huge differentiator for us in that our products are all batch baked. Mm. It's not this huge assembly line. Uh you know, if you walked into our facility and you saw our equipment, as far as what we use to mix and bake, you can buy and you'd use the same stuff yep. on a smaller scale in your own house. Um, so there's, I mean, there's, there's no mystery around that, uh, but it's, it's not processed. It's yeah. not, it's not uh, generic.
0: Yeah. And it's not this huge, you know, always on assembly line
1: right? no. processing. No.
0: Yeah. There's something really interesting about kind of that batch Production type philosophy, mm-hmm. um, and I, I think that's really cool. I, that was going to be one of my questions. Actually, was how do you differentiate? I mean, it seems like granola. I mean, it's a it's a long standing category.
1: Yes, and a very crowded one. <laughs> and a
0: very crowded one. So how how have you you know carved out your spot in that category? What's what's helped kind of make Laura's Gourmet Granola stand out.
1: So we're continually to carve, right? Sure. We by no oh, means yeah. own it's this. Never, never
0: done. No. So
1: <laughs> we have, so in the granola category, there's a lot of different ways you can go. Uh, you can be complete mass produced with very uh, low value ingredients and just get it into a bag so you can get it in, you know, onto a shelf or whatever then there's the super duper high end where you're making such a small quantity and you're expen- you know that it's really really expensive but in the granola category there's um there's the, there's organic there's natural there's specialty so and then there's generic like we talked about so the way we differentiate ourselves are few are are uh, one we are 100% natural all mm-hmm. of our ingredients are natural number 2 batch baked artisan crafted yep. Uh, Number three and most and very important is that it's chef created and Mm. we definitely lead with that because what we want people to understand is that if they sit down for breakfast with the bowl of Laura's gourmet granola or they choose to bake with it or they're sprinkling it on a salad or whatever the case is, just like any dish you would expect from a fine dining chef, this granola will elevate Mm. the culinary experience that you're about to have. So we're putting that elevated crunch, which is what our yep. tagline is, into the bag every single time. My production manager is a classically trained chef as well. Yeah. So it lends you know, all the way through our production process. So when we can tell that story to the retail uh, buyer or the retail consumer, it makes a difference. Because what I've been told by uh, some of the influencers that are out there who have discovered our product or whatever is they can taste the deft hand we have with salt (laughs) or with you know the 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 crunch the sugar the texture you know we're being asked now to produce private or custom blends for some very um renowned uh, hotels in the country uh because they understand that we can take their recipe take it up a notch and these chefs are amazing take it up a notch because it's what we do and so that's been kind of cool but you know uh, the, I think one of the other things that people really uh, grab onto with our products is that the ingredients we use are truly premium. Hmm. When we say that there's almonds in our vanilla almond, we're using blanched slivered almonds. So there's like almonds in every bite, real right? But they're they're real see. almonds, but they're not chopped almonds. Because yep. you know, when you eat and think about things that you don't like, food you don't like, number one reason you probably don't like that food is because of the texture, mm-hmm. not because of the taste so the same holds true for granola the texture has to be right and not everybody wants a chewy granola Not everybody wants a rock hard granola not everybody wants a cluster not everybody wants muesli you know so there's a lot of different ways and we kind of fit in that gap really really well so uh so for for our product uh you know when we say cherries like cherry rific those are whole dried montmorency cherries not dehydrated Mm -hmm. but chewy Cultivated blueberries, where you can see the blueberry and they're chewy, you know, cinnamon diced apples or uh, like just recently we did a limited edition dark chocolate crunch, which (laughs) went really, really well. And I was super excited about it because it was the first time we've used hemp protein in a product. Oh, interesting. And you don't taste it. No. And and you don't want to. That's the thing. The proteins, when you add some of these plant-based proteins, it can get overpowering. That's where the chef thing comes in. Yeah. It's like, how do we integrate this and make sure that flavor never comes through, hmm. but instead, what you taste is chocolate, yeah you know, and we, we nailed it, right yeah. and um, we were pretty excited, so it'll be back in, when it's cooler out. Yeah. We don't produce it in the summertime.
0: <laughs> no, not here. yeah
1: so those are that's some of the way we different I mean, we differentiate by texture, mm-hmm. taste, artisan craft, chef made or chef created. Um, all of those things work together to create what it what is in that bag. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And obviously the, the combination of all of them creates a great product.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: it's
0: one that it seems like people really enjoy. I mean, just the fact that one of your friends said you should be selling this is probably a good indication. My best friend, who best is still friend. my best friend.
1: Yeah. Who gets to hear all the good and bad yes. as it goes on. Yes. So yeah, she signed up for that at the That's same great. time. Yeah.
0: Obviously, since then, you got lots of customers who have all agreed. Yes. Which, you know,
1: it used to be I knew every single person who ever ate our product. (laughs) And then, what was funny as Chef Laura doing my private dinner parties, I would walk into a house and I'd open the pantry to look for paper towels or something. Mm -hmm. And there's my product on the shelf. (laughs) <laughs> and, and this just happened the other day. I was talking to a woman who really wants me to do a small event for her in July, and I'm like, I'm really not doing these things anymore, but I can't help myself. And so we're talking. She's like, oh, no, no, no. My friend Shirley already told me that you're doing your, this granola thing and I said, or this other thing, I go, yeah, I have a granola business. She goes, oh, I know. It turns out I actually already been buying your product. I love your local coconut. I go, what? She said, yeah. When Shirley told me it was granola at AJ's, I'm, I'm like, in the brown bag? I'm like, oh, it was one of those. So it's fun. You know, yeah. it's it's fun.
0: That's super fun. Yeah. That's a fun place to be at where you're starting to discover people are already customers before. Yeah. You know them. We see
1: that so much now. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. It's funny. That's so awesome.
0: Um, well, I wanna shift gears just a little bit and talk a little bit about Arizona. Obviously, you, you founded the company here. Mm-hmm. You've been, obviously, very active in getting your product into people's hands here in Arizona, which is really cool. Um, I think that local aspect is such an interesting, uh, and even just how, you know, with Eddie Basha, right? You meet him and you find that there's this draw for them and for him to, like, find locally sourced products. Um, How has being in Arizona impacted your business and just how you've thought about the brand or um, what benefits have there been to being here?
1: There's so many ways to answer that. So with, so I was, I mean, I I just created a here by default because I was living here raising my children. Um, And uh, I think having had the chef education, which I had here in Arizona was very important because I had a culinary school full of chefs I could go back to to ask questions and whatnot. Uh, So that was really good. But for me, uh, when I first started producing it commercially, meaning being in a commercial kitchen, I rented time from a bakery that was over on 24th and Osborne. And within a couple of months, and we used it like once every three weeks for yeah. maybe an hour, okay. <laughs> Such was our business. This is before AJ's, by the yeah. way. So they, the bakery actually took it to a farmer's market and sold it there. So, um, but when, but a few months after I was there, uh, it turned out that they couldn't do their lease anymore. So I acquired their equipment and I found another space in Tempe, which is how I started in Tempe, Arizona. And um, once I Started working in Tempe in and, and doing production there and doing my chef business there and everything. Um, everything I don't know. Everything about Arizona kind of fell into place, uh, meaning that 2004 this was not a culinary mecca mm. of any kind, mm-hmm. and uh, there was not a lot of fine dining unless you went to a hotel. Yep. There were very few breakfast restaurants. There was, I mean, the airport still had terminals. Yep. Two three four and or no one, two, three, yeah. I think it was it, we had to sit outside southwest yep. you know, and wait and beg to come yep. in so um so I got to start i got to watch i mean, I bought all my ingredients at Trader Joe's. <laughs> pretty much you know it, it is that was how crazy it was, yeah, but um but i got but I got to see how Arizona all of a sudden became this maker mm. place where you know there were other food businesses and other brands that were finding, you know, finding their way in Arizona. And I was watching Arizona being supportive of that, which was really cool. And so like for me in Tempe, what was very, very cool is that pretty much every major supplier for baking was based in Tempe.
2: Hmm.
0: That's really interesting. Within
1: a mile or two from where we were, (laughs) it was great. And so, and what I really appreciated, because I moved here from New York City, and mm-hmm. you don't have this experience as much on the East Coast. I, I think if you go to the East Coast with this experience, you have it more. Yeah. But growing up in the East, you know, you you learn to be a little more aggressive, mm-hmm. a little louder. Yeah, you got
0: to fight for attention a little bit. A little more. short. Yeah, yeah,
1: a little bit right to the point, yeah. right? <laughs> I, I got my hand slapped on that a few times out here. So here, though, people want to show you the way. Mm. They want to take the time to mentor, to foster a relationship and help you get to the next level. Mm. And that was phenomenal. And I, I still experience that. And I try to pay it forward when I'm approached by a brand that's trying to make their mark or get in the door somewhere. And I'll give them whatever advice I can. You know, mm-hmm. I'm still learning. So I don't know how valuable it really is. But it has been, uh, it, it, I, get, I think overall, Arizona has been a very, very local centric state you know from local first arizona yep. to all the bash of banners wanting a local program to safeway wanting to start a local program to fry starting a local program they all understand the value of promoting what is made here and uh, and really support the efforts of the 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 smaller brands like mine because it can be very very expensive to otherwise try to break in
3: what's cool about that is i mean you you're kind of on the forefront of of cultivating that that culture a little bit, because stores like Bash's, AJ's, Safeway, they probably wouldn't want to do that if there were no local products. So because the local products are good, yeah, they want local products. Um, and what's really cool too about your kind of your origin story is the the just the the culture in Arizona in Tempe and how that kind of shaped you and your business early on. Um, I mean, two out of the three companies you talked about, AJ's and uh, what was the other one? Uh, Not Whole Foods, but... um, Basha's? Well, it was the...
1: uh, Oh, uh, Fox Restaurants. Fox Restaurants, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
3: So two two out of the three are very Arizona-centric, Arizona-based. I don't think you can find those outside of Arizona. And so it's just cool how those...
1: Well, and Those there's one sure, more. Yeah. It was at, uh, the Queen Creek Olive Mill. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I was teaching a cooking class for Valentine's Day to couples. I had four couples at my location when I was still on baseline. And one of the uh, uh, couples was Perry Ray and mm. his wife who owned the yeah. mill. And me being me, every time I would ever do a class, here's some granola. You should have some snacks <laughs> while I talk yeah. about what we're going to do. And anyway, he really enjoyed it. And so he talked to his you know, buyer about it, the person who was responsible for it. And within six months was how we started with Crink Creek Olive mm. Mill. And we, to this day, we, get, uh, we just recently uh, got a great email, because I get to play customer service a lot too, <laughs> uh, from someone who had ordered on Amazon. And because we were in the middle of going from Fulfilled by Merchant to Fulfilled by Amazon, they take your site down for oh, however okay. long it takes. she had gotten in she had ordered and she only ordered one bag right which was like okay um but uh, and we had shipped it but she went on to order more before she'd even gotten it and then shut it down and so she freaked out like was there was there fraud here so i responded and let her know what the situation was and she wrote back uh it was the funniest thing the first thing she's like oh my god i'm Emailing with the Laura, I'm like, I don't know who she is, but she sounds wonderful. And then she said, "I found your product at the Olive Mill when we were there for a visit, and I fell in love with it." And we hear that so much because that's such a destination for out of towners, and they do great um, festivals, and they are always doing tastings and whatnot. And you know, we've and every time they've done those, we've been out there supporting that. And so, uh, but they we're on the shelf constantly, and they carry like six of our flavors. So. It's great exposure, but again, it goes back to Arizona, right? People come here to visit, like we're at the Grand Canyon, you know, we're, you know, we're in the airport, but not as a retail product, that yogurt parfait you get, it's our granola. That's awesome. Like that kind of thing. So it's funny. Yeah.
0: It's all those little relationships and partnerships. And I I mean, we've seen that with other, with other people we've brought on the show or just talked with in the community about how in some sense, like you still got to work hard. But it's easier to kind of make those connections, find people, and people are willing, like you said, to kind of say, hey, I'm going to help you out. Mm-hmm. Um, that maybe you don't find quite as much on, you know, a, a bigger market or a, a more saturated, you know, kind of community where there's just, you know, like a New York City or an L.A.
1: or something right. like that. And, I mean, we still, we're, we're obviously a very rapidly growing city, mm-hmm. but it still has so many small town feels yep. about it which is nice. Yeah. Really nice.
0: Yeah. No, I I've appreciated that.
1: <laughs> I bet. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, um tell us uh I, I got to ask, what are your flavors? We want to talk a little bit about the product uh and just, you know, what 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 can people expect if they are looking for Laura's gourmet granola?
1: So, So first of all, every single flavor has a story behind it. Yeah. And if you go to the back of our bag and look at toward the bottom, and this used to be front and center on the front label. And then I had a branding conversation with marketing (laughs) and they changed some things, but there's a character for each of our flavors. And each of those characters has a voice, which was actually, um, we had used to have on our website and they were voiced by, uh, the guy who was Mark in the dark at one point for KUPD (laughs) who's a good friend of mine, Mark Maurer. Shout out Mark. And, um, Anyway, and so, yeah, especially when he was doing the shrill, you know, coconut flavor. (laughs) Anyhow, um, so each of our flavors has a character because they have their own personality, but they also have a story for how they started. So Mm -hmm. Vanilla Almond, I shared with you, um, and the character has sunglasses because he's the classic, you know, he's, he is, uh, he is a he for whatever reason. I don't know, but uh, if we're going to go into pronouns, but he's Joe Cool. So classic granola. Uh, And then uh, pumpkin pecan was our second flavor. So that was actually because AJ's came back to me. and It's like, you know, one skew is great, but you really should have two on the shelf. And so I just did a little fiddling with the baseline recipe. Pumpkin pecan crunch was born. We do that from um, October through December. Uh, for a while, we did it year-round because we were selling into Texas, and they really like their pumpkin oh, pecan. interesting! At the, for whatever, but we knew. Yeah, I know, right? Well, pecans grow there. Yeah, but.
0: I guess. Yeah, the pecans make sense.
1: So, but uh, we we've kept that now seasonal because it gets yeah. overwhelming, and um, and you know our little characters just like holding a pumpkin pie yeah. kind of thing. Uh, so it's it channels the flavors of fall. Uh, The third flavor was honey roasted peanut crunch. Mm. So honey roasted peanut, I always describe it as what happens when peanut butter cookie meets peanut brittle and gets a conscience (laughs) because it's that good. And the reason I made that is because I had a a running partner, like we would do the trails together and I'd bring him vanilla almond and he would pick the almonds out and it would make me crazy. Yeah, I bet. I'm like, why are you doing that? Oh, I don't like nuts. And then he'd eat like peanut m&ms like they were going out of style (laughs) so i'm like all right maybe i can do something with peanuts so i found these awesome honey roasted peanuts and i made my first batch and i had him try it he's like oh my god and it has a cult following it (laughs) actually it's been doing well since 2006 when we introduced it and so um that character actually has peanuts and he's throwing up in the air he's juggling his peanuts so whatever again (laughs) so we have two guys and a girl now so my fourth flavor was applelicious crunch um Applelicious, my youngest daughter, my younger daughter, Madeline, helped me name because she's like, well, mom, it's apple. And she was maybe eight. It's apples and it's delicious. So we should call it Applelicious. Like, okay, Makes this marketing session is complete. Yeah. You know, but... <laughs> now Applelicious was our first flavor that doesn't have nuts. Okay. And also it used to be honey-based, but then um, when we started playing with agave, I mm. tested it out with agave and I loved the outcome. So we cool. moved it to an agave platform. And some people don't understand, but um, honey by a true vegan is not considered vegan because the bees can become hurt in the process. So, and I learned that from someone yelling at me at Whole Foods one day. Um, It was a customer. It's the only
0: way that you really should learn. She's like,
1: as a vegan? I'm like, well, yeah. You know, and she said, no, it's not. It has honey in it. I go, so? And she said, well, the bees could get hurt. And she was... Almost about to cry. I'm like, okay, we will never do that again. So anyway, so my Appalicious and Appalicious is holding um, its apple fairly low on its body, so you can understand why because it's not free. Anyway, um, and then we went to Cherry Rific. Cherry Rific is our actually was the first time we used uh, golden ground flaxseed, and Mm. that makes it omega awesome. Uh, she's totally a tart. She's got um, high heels and cherry earrings, and she's a rock star. And I wasn't, you know. So we've done a few things with cherry. We listen to consumers when they bring us some feedback, and they said, yeah. you know, sometimes it's like a treasure hunt when you get the cherry, yeah. you got the bite because they're so big. Yep. So then we went to some chopped cherries in addition, but I I just wasn't happy with the the quality after yep. a certain point, point. and so we went back just to whole, whole cherries. Well, there was whole always whole, but then there was some yeah. chopped, and that's how it. That's how it will remain, right. and, uh, and and anyway, the feedback's been good about that.
0: I like that idea, though, that it's a treasure hunt. It is, but you
1: yeah. know, it's like when Jip Gaffigan talks about putting bacon on a salad. Yeah, you know, exactly. Who cares? You know, but it's not the, the granola tastes just yeah. as good. Especially because of the flaxseed, it gives it a nutty overtone. Yeah. Um, And then we did Loco Coconut Crunch, which was the flavor that shouldn't happen. I was told not to make any more flavors by my business advisor at the time. (laughs) And I was finishing up with a visit to my daughter, my older daughter in California, and we were picking up some snacks and dried. uh, we had some desiccated sliced coconut. I'm like, oh, this would be a really good granola. I'm like, oh, no, I'm not supposed to make any more granola. (laughs) And I'm really glad I did because it was the first granola that we used coconut oil. Mm. And... Um, it was the first granola we use uh, a little less salt than we okay. have in our others. And it's now, um, giving vanilla almond crunch a run for its money mm-hmm. in the food service sector.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting.
1: Because we're getting some, gr- so, uh, uh, wow, wow lemonade, which is uh, based out of Arizona, but they're mm-hmm. franchising all over the country. They've standardized on local coconut crunch for okay. all their stores. And, um, and we've seen that, uh, in quite a few places actually. Uh, so, with regard to coconut, it's just rocking it hmm. big time um and it's it's really good it's really really good awesome, so uh yeah, I'm thinking about that character, oh yeah, it was like tropical, so yep. grass skirt, yeah, coconut bra, yep, can I say bra and uh sure. <laughs> and uh and it just uh yeah, and it's um kinda you you just don't know um it's 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 a it's a they for sure and then uh, the the last two sinful cinnamon, uh sinful cinnamon started because uh People wanted vanilla almond crunch without the almonds mm. for allergen reasons. So when we started making that, I thought, you know, we should also then use agave and then we can make it vegan also. Mm. So it became our every person granola. Yeah. And it's now our second best selling retail flavor. That's awesome. Uh, it's also the flavor that's enjoyed by all the... Um, uh, spring training teams when they oh, come to Arizona. That's
3: awesome. Yeah.
1: That's uh, uh, supported and uh, supplied by uh, through Peddler Sun, but with cooking on wood. Yeah. And then the Diamondbacks enjoy that all year round on their training table. So that's nice. kind of fun. That's awesome. Little fun fact there. Yeah. And then our, um, where am I now? So Sinful and then i know oh blueberry bliss my pandemic baby yeah yes we released that in may of 2015 because i had a little extra time on my hands with the pandemic and our production was a little slower so i'm like Mm. let's create a new flavor that you can't sample to anybody and see what happens and it's actually moved into our top four Mm. from a retail standpoint and it was the first uh granola that we used um a second granola we use coconut oil in, and we have flaxseed in that one also. But we use these cultivated blueberries. Okay. And this granola bakes so well. Uh, a number of things we put them all on our website if anybody wants to make them. But there's like a, a blueberry banana bread kind of thing, and Ooh. it's delicious and. It was a, uh, we do a um, scones with it yeah. and blueberry muffins. I mean, you name it. And yeah. I just made blueberry pancakes this weekend for my husband well, that with it. Amazing. It's really, really good. It's and it, That's um, a great idea. And it has a little bit of a citrus overtone, mm-hmm. uh, which really raises and elevates the level of the blueberries. Mm-hmm. It's delicious. And then we did that limited edition dark chocolate crunch, yep. which was a remake of hot chocolate crunch, a flavor we used to have, but okay. I wanted to really do something that was vegan, okay. non dairy. Uh, because cho- a lot of chocolate has yep. some type of dairy in it, and I didn't want that, and that wasn't easy to find. But we found it had the hemp protein, like I told you about, and uh, it did. It it was really well received, and we have a little bit of a spice factor in there. And okay. so, um, when you look at uh, at at dark chocolate, you'll see uh, like a little bit of a spicy overtone on our character. Yeah. Uh, but more importantly, I forgot to mention Blueberry Bliss has a P sign, and I love my <laughs> P signs. So. <laughs> Um, but anyway, uh, Blueberry Bliss is just you know meant to help you bliss out in a really rough time. So those are my children. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. Tell us a little bit about last year. How how did uh, how did twenty twenty impact you and the brand? And
1: you mean the day the world stopped?
0: The day the world stopped basically. So
1: oh, going into twenty twenty. Uh, we were more than 65 percent of our business was food service, but we had just started distributing nationally, uh, regionally nationally for retail. Okay. So when March hit and anything food service related yeah, shut down, completely gone. I was relying on our retail. And gratefully, we had moved into the stores in Texas and in the Midwest. And that made a huge difference because everybody was grocery shopping and we were getting discovered and also everybody went online. Yeah. And uh, only a month before the pandemic started, I had engaged a new person to do help us with our website. I talk about timing (laughs) because I'm like, okay, let's run a promotion. Boom. You know, big (laughs) sale or whatever. But it introduced us. And so that so our B2B or sorry, our B2C became a little more prevalent. So what 2020 did for me was it did a reset on how to approach our business because you could have quoted me in January of 2020 saying, if I only did food service and that was it, I'd be thrilled. (laughs) Um, In April of 2020, you would have heard me say, thank goodness we have multiple prongs for us to do sales because you just like a chair, you have to have multiple legs. The other crazy thing that happened was we were introduced um, to a company out of Austin that was introducing a smoothie bowl to the freezer section, and they were looking for a granola for it. And so they were introduced to us, and we made a custom blend for them. They loved it. And so now it is part of their product, uh, which they're doing really well in getting that product out. It's uh, pretty much all over Texas now and in the Southeast, and they're growing really rapidly. So that became another line for us. Is like, how can we do more custom blends? How can we do some private label? Mm-hmm. And um, and and that fires me up as a chef because yep. then I'm looking for the creativity. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So 2020 was a year of, of. <laughs> optimistically, let's say it this way: I could have just been completely stopped by fear,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but I have people who work for me, and I didn't want. A, I didn't want them to be afraid, and B, I wanted to keep everybody employed. And so you basically start looking for what else is available. You know, new flavor, great way to spark additional, you know, custom blend, great way to build, you know, I just wanted to keep people busy. And we had a lot of slow days. Yeah. Um and we didn't really see a change until November. Yeah. I'm going to say. And yep. that was when you know, people started coming back to Arizona yep. and things started opening up again and started to, you know, we started receiving our orders again for food service from the mm-hmm. big distributors that we have started to breathe. But I, I don't breathe well any day, of the <laughs> any hour of the day, you know, because you know, back in my old life when I was in tech, I worked for one company and the saying was you're only as good as your last month. Yep. And that has stuck. Uh, so I always look. Okay, did we do better this month than the month before? You know, what can we keep doing? And uh, you know, always looking at the P and L, always looking at cash flow, and you know, and when you grow, you need cash.
0: Yep. Yep. Every so, new endeavor requires reinvestment. Yep. You got to have that cash flow coming. Yeah,
1: but you know, I I will say one thing about the pandemic. Um, Zoom. Yeah. I love it, and here's <laughs> why you don't have to travel to have the meeting anymore. I have traveled d- day trips to Boise, day trips to Grand Rapids, you know, <laughs> to meet with buyers. When that meeting is only 25 minutes long, you know, you can just, you mail your samples and then you get on Zoom yep. and it's, it, it's cost-effective, but yep. I'm, I'm able to see more faces now. Yeah. And I love that, you know, I don't, I, I, it's rare for me to think about just having a phone conversation. Yeah. You know, if even if it's one on one FaceTime. Yeah. You know, it's just I think this is going to sound like Pollyanna, Mary Sunshine, but I think that the pandemic truly made our world more personal.
2: Hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I I would I would agree with that, um, and I think realizing that like if you can't be there in person or it just doesn't make economic or financial sense, um, which I am thankful that. Kind of this path that I think a lot of businesses were already on got accelerated towards, hey, why do we need to do it in person when we can just do it over Zoom? But that's better in a lot of cases than just getting on a call where there's kind of a, a faceless voice and it's really just about the information exchange and not about the relationship as much. Um, and so to be able to kind of have that, that happy in between of I get to see you on the other side of the screen and yeah, it's not quite the same as in person. But it's not as impersonal as a phone call or a big long email exchange.
1: Like or th- remember the conference call where everybody <laughs> would have their eyes on the phone and uh, not even on each other in the room when there was this one uh, other person that wasn't the there. I, yeah, so that day is, I think that day is gone. Yeah. Happily.
0: Yeah, I, we've, we've seen that same benefit of just being able to hop on Zoom calls. And I've I've had so many meetings and just getting to interact with people that, it was really easy this last year because everyone was willing to jump on a zoom and it wasn't intimidating anymore because everyone had kind of figured it out. And, uh, it's been fun. It's been really fun. So, yeah. Uh, what's next for a gourmet granola and you got anything coming up, uh, new products, new, um, events, partnerships, collaborations,
1: uh, yes, yes, yeah. and yes.
0: <laughs> all of the above. All of the
1: above. So um, right now we're collaborating with another Arizona brand mm. uh, for a brand new product that we're, our joint our products mesh really well together. So mm. we're looking at a way we can bring them together, and that's all I can tell you at okay, this point. Yeah. Although I did come Ooh. up with a, I think I think I came up with a really good name for it. All right. So we'll we'll get there. But uh, but yeah, they're a great brand here in Arizona, and um, I had been. Thinking about this for a while, and I approached them and I said, because they they make the other half of what we would need. Mm. I said, what do you think about, you know, we can either extend our existing product lines or do a new venture. So we meet probably every two to three weeks. And Mm -hmm. as we progress, this is one instance, though, where we'll end up co-packing. We Mm. won't manufacture this ourselves because of the format it would be in. It's way too expensive to try to get all that equipment. I don't need any more overhead like that. So that's one thing. Um, I'm working on a new flavor. I'm trying to take the flavor that we're doing as the, um, for the acai bowl and okay. tweak it a little bit and make it its own retail flavor. Mm. Uh, just because of the attributes of the ingredients that we're using, uh, I think uh, people will really enjoy. And uh, we are going to be onboarding with a new uh, distribution partner for food service uh, nationally, which awesome. we're really excited about because that will give us more opportunity for discovery. Uh, and we just got the green light for a uh, a specialty chain uh, in Southern California, which will bring us into another distributor, national distributor. That's awesome. So you know, it's it, once. It, well, what I'm learning is, once you get into a distribution center and a warehouse, then it opens it up for maybe some smaller stores or what have you. So you can you can really start spreading the love.
0: That's awesome.
1: So uh, those things are definitely on the docket for this year.
0: That's super exciting. Yeah, yeah it's growing.
1: Did I mention it was expensive? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, there's that side of it, yes. Yes,
1: but, you know, I, I you know, it's, I, I, don't, I don't know if um, what people realize that when they see something on sale at the grocery store, the grocery store is not putting it on sale. The manufacturer is doing it. Yep. So when I take that 50 cents off your whatever, yeah, that's that's, coming out of your it pocket. comes out of our pocket. Exactly. Yeah, not the so, retailer. But uh, I, I will do another shout out to AJ's. That's one of the things that they've been great about. They'll mm. match us. A lot, you know, and they'll say, That's okay, great. well, let's get a dollar. You guys get yep. 50, we'll do 50. You know, and then there was one time where um, they, uh, we were supposed to have one flavor on sale only, and they did a little, uh oh, and they put all of our flavors on sale. Oh, and I no. got a phone call from the category manager, and he's like, well, that one's on me. I'm like, thank you. You know, <laughs> it's like, where's Laura? Well, she was out of business. What happened? Oh, no. I became a cautionary tale. <laughs> oh. I'm glad that didn't happen. No, me too. Yeah.
2: So.
0: Um. We're about done, unless there's, uh, uh, well, I okay, should, before we do that, where can people find out about Laura's Gourmet Granola? Where can they find you? Obviously, we've mentioned a few stores here locally, like AJ's. and Are you still in Whole Foods? We're
1: still in Whole Foods. Great. We're in uh, all the Safeway, Scott's, uh, Scottsdale Safeways, uh, Queen Creek Olive Mill, um, and then some smaller stores around the state. Yep. We have a great distribution partner that does Arizona for us. And uh, in, in Texas, Central Markets, uh, Sendix in Wisconsin, these are all specialty retailers rolling soon, you know, by the end of August to Gelson's in Southern California. We're very excited about that. Um, and then menus, obviously. But uh, if you go to our website, which is laurasgourmet.com, uh, you'll find a where to buy and we have it by state and everything. So you can uh, see that understanding that it's not all stores of that yep. particular banner, because one thing we share with the buyers, the, the, with the retail buyers, the people who choose to bring us in, is that we're not made to go on every shelf. Mm-hmm. We're made to go on the specialty shelf. So if, um, if the demographic doesn't support the idea of a $9 bag of yep. granola, probably, probably not, not a gonna, good place yeah, to put us. Not yeah. gonna be there. <laughs> right, exactly. So, um, but, uh, and then like I said, on the menus of so many great great chains, great multi-units, great um, standalone. great. Sh- I am humbled by the chefs that have selected our product. When I look around the country and see, uh, here in Arizona alone, I mean, Chef Ken Arneson over at the Tempe Canopy, uh, Chef Lenard Rubin at Greyhawk Country Club. I mean, these are, these are known, you know, Chef Lee Hilson at the Royal Palms, Oh my goodness! Right, <laughs> you know, I, 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 get, I get chef struck, not yeah. starstruck, yeah. and, um, and, and that's just three. Right, there's so many that have selected our product because mm. they see how it is in their, it's in their wheelhouse. It's how they think also, and what they do with it is just phenomenal, phenomenal, fantastic.
0: Yeah, they that's inspire me. A feel good moment.
1: It is. It yeah. is. That's that chef side that keeps popping out.
0: Yeah. Well, Laura, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, This was a fantastic conversation. This was
1: fun. Thank you.
0: Yeah, it was great to hear more, kind of understand the story more. Uh, Your story of kind of serendipitously, I don't even know what the word is.
1: Serendipitously.
0: Serendipitously.
1: One of my favorite words.
0: Falling into, uh, uh, not really falling into, but kind of discovering that you have a business and a brand and a product that people really want. Um, and getting that out there and, and how you've strived very hard uh, to work at kind of each of those steps. And um, obviously, you know, it's a combination of your talent and, and skill as a chef, as well as the team that you have and, you know, everything that's kind of happened and the partnerships that you've built over the years to put that together. And, and that's really exciting. And I'm, I'm just thrilled that you're in our backyard or we're in your backyard, one of those like, two.
1: Literally, like across the street pretty <laughs> yeah. much, yeah.
0: Um, right here in Tempe, Arizona, and a part of the chamber here, which is fantastic, and just getting to kind of see your face and at different events, and obviously get to actually eat your product. It's fantastic. It's a great product, according to my children. Again, right? We I have to fix rectify this. that. Absolutely. I'm going to fix this very quickly, and I'm going to eat some, because if they like it, I know I'm going to like it. I wasn't really.
1: About that. Well, brand to brand. I mean, it, it was when you asked if we would do this, it was a no brainer to support another Arizona based company. Right. And especially when you are truly supporting what brands are doing here. And a ton of fun. Yeah, yeah. So thank you for the yeah. opportunity.
0: Thank you so much for coming on. All right, everyone. Well, that's another episode of AZ Brandcast, where we delve into the makings of remarkable brands right here in our beautiful state of Arizona. I want to thank all of our listeners for hanging out today, joining us. And if anyone is looking for more episodes of AZ Brandcast, you can find us on iTunes, uh, Google Play, Spotify, Pandora, Stitcher, uh, really almost anywhere that you listen to podcasts or find podcasts, you can find us. If you want to find out more about AZ Brandcast, go to azbrandcast.com. Sign up for our newsletter. That way you'll never miss another episode. And we just want to thank everyone for hanging out today. Thank you so much, Laura, for coming on. And just to remind everyone you are remarkable.
3: The Easy Brandcast is a project of Resound and is recorded in Tempe, Arizona with hosts Mike Jones and Chris Stadler. It's produced and edited by Sam Peggle. Music is produced and provided by Pabrid, an Arizona-based music group. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and at easybrandcast.com. If you'd like more episodes, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you prefer to get your podcasts. To contact the show, find out more about AZ Brandcast, or to join our newsletter list to make sure you never miss another episode, check out our website at azbrandcast.com. Copyright Resound Creative Media LLC, 2020.